Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Thursday, December the 28th, 2023 on Last Check. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. We are about to get ready for the Cotton Bowl. I've got my guys here, Bill Curlick and Mark Porter. But first, our sponsor for today, and this is a good one, people, especially for those of you in the Midwest, Swenson's. It is good. Since 1934, Smiling Curb servers have been sprinting to deliver freshly made burgers and hand-spun milkshakes right to your car window. Everything is made exactly the way you want it. French fries on your burger, you got it. Add a brownie in your milkshake, absolutely. Swenson's delivers fresh, off-the-grill food by Smiling Sprinting Servers. Swenson's isn't just great food, it's dinner and a show where you always have the best seat in the house. Visit SwensonDriveIns.com to find a stand near you. Now through the end of the year, receive a $5 bonus voucher for every $25 worth of gift cards purchased, not purchased. You got to actually purchase them. Visit SwensonsDriveIns.com for stand locations. They've got the perfect holiday gift for you, the candy cane milkshake. Try their holiday hack by adding in chocolate or hot fudge. Visit SwensonsDriveIns.com for stand locations, but don't wait too long. It's only available for a limited time. Once again, visit Swenson's driveins.com for stand locations and now through the end of the year receive a five dollar bonus voucher for every 25 dollars worth of gift cards purchased if you guys listened to yesterday's show you'll know that Bax is arguably the plant for swenson's that's our sponsor today guys fantastic food and shakes we will get to all that in the end possibly you need to cater your cotton bowl party with that gentlemen Bill Curlick, Mark Porter is here. We've got a lot to talk about. Jonathan Dickens knows the deal. Good morning to myself, the Dean and the Grand Poobah. Flip the A and the H there, Johnny. Um, Missouri, let's hit that first. Then we'll get to recruiting, obviously, the Cotton Bowl tomorrow evening in Jerry World. Now, if any of you have been watching bowl season, without your phone handy or a roster for the team you're watching, you're a better man than me. 
These teams don't look anything like the teams I saw during the season. Uh, I tuned in to watch Tulane's quarterback. Wasn't there. Two other guys I'd never heard of. Uh, some guy threw six touchdown passes named Miller Moss for USC. Where was he all season? So here's what's interesting about the Cotton Bowl. Ohio State, though they have plenty of guys who could boogie and still have financial solvency in their future, most guys are playing. As of right now, the only guaranteed not is Marv. Um, we'll see on some of the others. Some may not play as much, but Mark Porter. This is actually going to be a good game for Ohio State and that you're going to get a chance to see some young guys. You're going to get a chance to see guys who are not, uh, who are possibly putting on their last uh, show for the NFL. But all in all, do you think this is indicative of a strong culture at Ohio State? Because I certainly do. Yeah, this is when you ha- get the chance to see all those five stars that are in waiting that are hungry. I mean, if you've been a player and you've sat behind other people all year, you're chomping at the bit. I mean, you've been practicing every day. I mean, it's, it's this is your time to maybe get a little national spotlight, get a little name recognition. Uh, and what are like a lot of these kids actually playing for now? How about some NIL for next year? How about it? Yeah. I mean, like, hey, I can go make myself some money today. Not just have a good game, not just getting the good coach's graces. These guys have a little more at stake than they've ever had in the past. And, I mean, it's, it's like letting a bunch of dogs out of the cage, I think. These young guys can play. Uh, did I say they were in Miami? I thought I said they were in Jerry World. That's my fault. Pretty sure I did. Bill, your thoughts? Well, as a recruiting guy, I always – liked to look into the future you know that's what recruiting's about you know you find players you look into the future and think how they're going to do and that's kind of what i like about uh this time of the year and the way some of these games are now most of them actually um it's kind of a look into the future um carnell tate and brandon ennis a wide receiver for instance what will providing he comes back what will emeka abuka be like without marvin harrison i think the answer is going to be very good but, uh, um, you know, it, it's a look into the future. And, of course, Devin Brown, what's going to happen tonight or tomorrow night with him? And what does that mean for his future? And maybe we see some Lincoln Keenholz, too. Who knows? Um, they had the two-quarterback package with uh, um, Devin Brown coming in in the red zone before he got hurt. You know, does Lincoln Keenholz figure into this somehow? So I think it's uh, going to be fun to watch. Uh, come Friday night. I agree. Mark, what do you make of the matchup? Have you had a chance to look at the Tigers at all? I did. I got a, I, I, first thing I did was kind of read Steve Hellwagon's wrap up. He's one of the most thorough guys in the biz. That always kind of puts me in the thorough. Line. Yeah. I mean, you get the llama long, <laughs> but, but, but Hey, that's why we're, you know, on buck nuts and you take advantage yeah. of that because then you go to watch a little tape to see what the running back looks like, what the quarterback looks like. These guys are good, and what what the final little nail in the coffin for me is I went to my DraftKings account and said the Buckeyes are only minus three, where, well, I was thinking like 11, I was thinking like 14, so I immediately submitted some money on the Buckeyes, and then I said, oh, boy, Vegas knows you get more nervous. Yeah, like, yeah, Vegas knows more than everybody. Well, once you get invested, it's funny how your heart tends to change a bit. Yeah, and it, Dan, that's exactly what it was, and said, what did I miss? Like, why am I thinking this is an easy one? 
where, yeah, Missouri's going to give these guys a game and they're going to show up and play. But I still think in my heart, from what I've watched, I, I, I would be shocked if the Buckeyes didn't win by more than three with a backup quarterback, with new guys. It, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't sound like we're going to be playing, you know, Marvin Harrison being out. Okay. But I've been in love with a Mecca forever. And yep. I'm almost one of those guys, like Bill says, I'm waiting for these young guys to kind of get a chance. And we've been watching their film and bragging about them for four years, some of them. So let's, you know, let's see them out there. But it will be interesting to see yeah, Mecca Missouri's, the one spot. Missouri's quarterback's what worries me. He's very efficient, very smart. I think only four interceptions on the year, which that's tough to do. It's tough not to have four tip balls going to someone's hands. You throw that many times. Uh, so he, he really they get the ball out quick. Is it just good offensive line play? Yeah, it, it's a, it's a nice offense. They have a nice run game. They're running backs a, a pounder. I mean, he's got a 1500 yard season almost, and he'll hit you between the tackles. Like I said, it, you know, you, once you see what Vegas is thinking, it kind of makes you watch that tape and give it a little more credit. I mean, you know, maybe Georgia wasn't up for that game, but Georgia had to play football to get out of that oh. alive. So it's going to be a game, but I still like the Bucks. I admit I'm I'm a bit in the tank for the coach, Eli Drinkwitz, just because he usually takes a shot at Michigan uh, during every media appearance he can. So I find that entertaining. Bill, your thoughts on Missouri? Not a ton of guys there you covered or uh, that Ohio State recruited against, but a few. I uh... – a uh, couple things echo on what Mark said. Um, their quarterback, Brady Cook, uh, he, he's pretty good. You know, he, he's not uh, C.J. Stroud of last year, but he's pretty good. Doesn't make mistakes. Uh, their running back, Mark mentioned, um, uh, Cody Schrader. He's not a game breaker, um, but he's pretty darn solid. Um, and w- what I noted was that they have four all SEC guys two of them on offense and two of them on defense. And, and where are their all SEC guys? Um, uh, what position wise, you know, they've got one at a defensive end, one, a cornerback. That's where you want to have your great players. Um, they may have actually five as all SEC guys. They got Luther burden. We remember that name. High state offered him a scholarship and definitely recruited him. He is wide an all receiver. SEC wide receiver. Um, so, you know, the, where they've got their all their top guys are at very important positions. And as Mark mentioned, they gave Georgia a good game, um, which, you know, uh, lets you know that they can play. I don't care even if Georgia was not up for the game. If you still give them a, a really tough game, you've got some players. Sure. No, Georgia is, I mean, the truth. Uh, back I, I back to that. Mind. Vegas line. I think Vegas immediately sees backup quarterback, no Marvin Harrison, and they uh, they chop the points off right there. Yep. And if you're like us and you have confidence in Ohio State's recruiting and who's on their roster, and we've we've watched them all spring, and we know a little more than Vegas about this team. If you have confidence in the replacements like we do, I don't think you worry about the Vegas line being not where it's at. I I, I think that's a knee jerk thing from Vegas. With big name play, they always do that with big name players in the NFL or college football. Sure, I also think th- when the line came out, there was an assumption that more of the returning players wouldn't play in the bowl game. So, if you look at the teams that have lost the most players, it's like Georgia and a couple others. You would figure Ohio State would fall into that tier of the elite teams that were, cha- you know, championship or bust theoretically 
and now the guys will head you know to work for the NFL. But Ohio State really has um, done an impressive job of getting guys to come back, and you know I'm excited. Uh, it, it, I do think the most interesting thing is going to be watching Devin Brown, just because of the quarterback situation has become so uh, dramatic here. And that the first time he takes off and gets a first down on third and eight, he's going to go, they may build him a tree in the Grove. You know what I'm saying? So we've got to, what do they say? It's not good to replace the guy. You want to be the guy who replaced the guy, replace the guy. And we, ever you hire a, dict, a dictatorial coach, you then hire an easy coach. So, you know, we had a quarterback that didn't run much and now you're going to see a guy who can move around. And I think people are going to be geeked. Um, for me, I just need to see, we haven't seen Devin Brown consistently throw the ball down the field. He's had any opportunity. Um, and if these guys play the Carnell Tates of the world and Emeka and such, they're going to get open. Brandon Ennis, you're going to get it. He's going to get a chance to let it loose. And um, we shall see how that goes. All right. You know, another focus. guy that everybody's been asking though. about all, all season, uh, you see it on our message board, you saw it all season, Dallin Hayden. Yep. Running back. Yeah, you know, he's the guy that uh, he's going to play. I don't think there's yeah. any question. And the, that's one of the interesting, I mean, uh, the other interesting things to follow are, you know, Travion Henderson has not said whether he's definitely going to come back or not. Denzel Burke, you know, uh, JT, Tuomolau, Jack Sawyer, Talik Williams, guys like that. Denzel Burke, the way he talks, he, it sounds like he might come back. I'd be shocked just because I'm a fan. And if Denzel Burke comes back, that is a major, major pickup for one season. The idea of starting your secondary over again with a legit NFL number one corner, or at least uh, first or second round draft pick out there to build. And very impressive. Very, very impressive. All right, let's get to some questions. We will vacillate between uh recruiting and other stuff in fact before that let's do it this way <clears throat> bill we flipped to 2025 in a lot of ways um talked a lot about the great devin sanchez last week we all are fully up to speed on that recruitment and if you don't have your alarm set for the bowl game and his announcement that is on you as a nutter offensively it's a very interesting group of players they already have the jewel of the class in my opinion secured in Tavian St. Clair. When you start with a quarterback of that ilk, and I would encourage everybody to go check him out if you haven't already, um, it will make your winter day warm up. Very, very impressive. So there isn't the necessarily the high-profile receivers. It seems very heavy on defensive back, um, and not just Devin Sanchez, some other studs. Offensive line is what everyone wants to know about, offensive line and defensive line. So let's talk offensive line today. And there is, thankfully, a very highly rated tackle prospect in the state of Ohio named Carter Lowe. We're almost reintroducing you to him here. Bill has talked ad nauseum about it, and Mark has done a report on him. Bill, you ranked him number one in your class of 2025 guys they have to get on offense. Mark, tell us about Carter Lowe as a prospect, what you've heard, and Bill, then you can tell us why you think he's so important to add to the class. Yeah, I'm going to talk like a lot of the people on the show today haven't heard of him before because I know we've talked about him before, but I know not everybody watched those shows. Um, Toledo Whitmer, 
they list him above 6'5". I think he's 6'5", legit. Uh, he's close to 300 pounds and moves very well. He, he's a powerful run-blocking first tackle. He does pass protect. Uh, I've watched him uh, last spring at the college showcase at Whitmer and move around, and we had some video of that, so you got to showcase his athletic ability. And then the unique experience I had is when I went to see him play Perrysburg this year, and the other team gave him the – I almost want to say the Deion Sanders treatment where Deion shuts down half the field and you have to throw the other side. They ran away from him every play, and actually the defense stacked their defense to his side so they couldn't run the ball to his side. So they literally had an extra man advantage uh, to where Carter Lowe was lined up. And Carter Lowe flips sides. He plays – left tackle during the game, right tackle. He plays tight end sometimes. So there was a defense that was schemed where the offensive tackle was lining up. That's how dominating and how much Whitmer would use him to run behind him and use him as a factor in the run game. Uh, he is you know, going to be one of those guys that's probably going to be the number one ranked player in Ohio or close to it. Uh, he's got that type of ability. You know, he's a, he's a very safe pick when you watch him play. Um, he, I even think he has a little meat left on the bone where he could get in a little better shape. He can get in the weight room, and he may even you know, develop uh, even further what we're seeing him now as he gets into college. But right now, he's the guy up there in uh, northwest Ohio. William, your thoughts? Well, um, I've said for quite some time, I think it's three schools. I think it's Ohio State. I think it's Michigan. And I think it's Georgia in the end, those three. Uh, interestingly, I talked to Carter uh, last, well, about four days ago, five days ago. Um, he was actually getting ready for a big basketball game. Toledo Whitmer played Finley at Whitmer. Uh, Whitmer went into the game number one in the state division one, and Finley went up there and handled business, won uh, 67-45, I believe. And Ryan Montgomery, by the way, had a nice game. But uh, I talked to him right before that, and he said that um, he's going to kind of get back into the recruiting mode in the coming months. And he's got almost certainly, he said, another visit to Ohio State coming up, probably in January. Uh, most likely another visit to Michigan. And then he wants to probably get back down to SEC country. Translation, probably Georgia again. So uh, those are the three. And, you know, again, follow the visits. I, I crystal balled Carter to Ohio State quite some time ago, and I still feel good about that. But uh, Michigan is is certainly uh, a factor there. And interestingly enough, um, for those of you that um, think Harbaugh is going to the NFL, and I count myself in that group, I think he is going to the NFL. I asked uh, Carter, you know, what would that mean to you? What are, what are your thoughts on you know, a lot of the rumors about Carter not being there, or, sorry, Harbaugh not being there, his answer was, you know, doesn't really phase him that much because of uh, uh, the interim coach that took over and did so well um, in the games. And he had a lot of practice taking over for Hargrove, a lot of suspension time there. But he, you know, he, he kind of thinks that uh, that could be the next Michigan head coach if uh, Harbaugh goes on. And it's kind of an interesting take by Carter. So he wasn't really that worried about it. We are going to be all over the Carter Lowe um, recruitment. Uh, Justin Fry needs to pull this one in just so he can read buck nuts and not have to see himself pilloried to the level that it would, it would cause another guy I want to talk about bill who is uh, 
I don't know if he's as well known to everybody. Chris Burgess. We are back to Chicago going after defensive ends, Bill. The Marquise Lightfoot uh, recruitment notwithstanding. And our other guy transferring, everyone going to Miami, but we digress. Chris Burgess, defensive end. How's this for a final four? See if I'm right here, Bill. Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, and Notre Dame. You are right. That'll do if you're trying to play college football and you're from <laughs> the Midwest. Uh, this is an edge prospect. Um, your thoughts on him, Bill, maybe in comparison to Lightfoot, because everyone has that as a frame of reference, and then any details you have on the impending commitment and your vibes? Well, um, he is a an absolutely top-of-the-board target for Ohio State. Ryan Day and um, Larry Johnson are spending a lot of uh, – uh, time capital recruiting him. They are both recruiting him a lot. I think it was last uh, today. I get my days mixed up here in the uh, holiday season, but I believe it was last Friday uh, that both uh, Ryan Day and maybe it was the Friday before, but it was recently that Ryan Day and Larry Johnson were both on uh, talking with Zoom calls, all that, with the parents of Chris Burgess. And, of course, they're talking to him a lot. Um, it is those four schools. Um, I think Ohio State has done a great job of making themselves a strong contender for Burgess's signature eventually. Um, right now, I think that uh, Notre Dame and Michigan, they've had a slight lead Uh They've actually had a decent-sized lead for a while. I think it's more slight now. Can they overcome – can Ohio State overcome those two schools between now and January 6th? That's the question. We'll see what happens. Question from Roger Sowers. If you haven't been – I encourage everybody, even if you listen to the pod, you may want to go back and watch the show because we put a lot of cool stuff up here, including wisdom from the Sanchez's that everybody could uh, soak up. Roger Sowers, still no word on Marvin Harrison Jr. Dude, come on now. Marvin ain't playing. You wouldn't either. Um, there was a picture of him. There was a picture of practice yesterday. He was in street clothes, not practicing a couple, two, three days before the game. And I don't believe he's hurt. No. Um, at the bank either, by the way. Not hurt at the <laughs> bank. Also, I mean, he has already established himself as clearly – the top non-quarterback in the draft. Um, so he, just, he, just the thought. I'm thinking if uh, if I'm Ohio State doing NIL deals, one of the clauses is you don't get your check till you play in the bowl game. Hey, whatever. Yeah, I um, think these, I think they get they get not that those bowl games are going to be relevant next year, but like there there should be something where to to help these kids have a reason to play because. Marvin Harrison, he got paid a lot this year, and he's going to take the last game off. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that when you know Caleb Williams was considering stopping playing like uh, three quarters of the way through the season. I remember thinking to myself, does he have to pay the money back for the games? I mean, we're that doesn't make any sense because I mean you're getting paid. As R a Russell Wilson wants to know, here's the <laughs> here's the difference. Old Russ's checks have already been deposited. Yep. And uh, Russ is also married, I think, to a uh, singer who makes plenty of her own cash. Shed no tears for Rush. I believe he owns the largest house in in uh, Denver that he got from the Shanahan's. So I, I will not shed any tears for Russ, nor will I believe a word that comes out of his mouth. Um, 
Here is a great question for Mark Porter. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Just kidding. MP Porter is comparing. Did you ask this question? Or did someone ask you this and you're posting it? Yeah, I copied it and then I kind of put the... uh... When I first saw that question about St. Clair and Big Ben, I'm like, no, they're not the same. And then I'm like, you know what? Boy, I mean, Tavian 6'5". Hold on one sec. Hold on one sec. The question is, is comparing Tavian Sinclair to Ohio native Ben Roethlisberger a legit comparison? Big humans with strong arms. Yeah, that's kind of what my comment back was. It, the, the chat here didn't do a great job of separating who said what there, but yeah, like at first glance, you're like, no, nah, they're different or whatever. But Big Ben ran the ball pretty well, you know, better than you think. When he got out and moved, he was so big, he didn't look like he was moving that well. But I think Steelers fans now realize how special he actually was. Uh, but, yeah, in high school, uh, Big Ben was 6'4", 6'5". St. Clair's getting into that ballpark. They have that big arm that throws at multiple arm angles. Um at first glance, my answer was, no, nah, that's not. And then a the second glance, I'm like, you know what? There are more similarities than you would think between those two. I mean, St. Clair is going to be able to stand back there like Big Ben and deliver the rock with some velocity. You know, he's got that pocket presence and that big body that when he turns into one, I mean, Big Ben and darn near knock receivers over with the ball when he steps into stuff. Uh, you know, St. Clair in the weight room, could he be 240 pounds? I mean, did Big Ben ever get to 250 or 260? That's where I was kind of like, at one point in time, he looked like a left tackle standing in that pocket later in his career. Good his, Lord, how much do you think he weighs now? Yeah, so I, like maybe that's what kind of was like, no, nah, St. Clair is such a better athlete. Uh, but Big, Big Ben, I have to go to the young Big Ben, you know, the Miami of Ohio Big Ben that was running around. And, you know, so it's it was closer than you think. And because they're both from Ohio, it's nice to say they're in the same ballpark or whatever, but – First glance, no. Second glance, yeah. There's some there's some uh, check marks to both. Maybe when Tavian gets a little bit older and gets some of that old man strength, starts paying taxes, he'll get a little thicker. He he's he's a more fluid player than Ben. Ben always kind of looked like you know his shirt was untucked and his form wasn't maybe great, and so and he got it done. And he could take a hit. Yeah. Um. But like I said, you got to think young Big Ben. I get and you're it. Right. But T- Sinclair is just. He's more fluid. He's more smooth. Now, lest we forget, I don't think Ben's even started until his senior year because there was some dad coach issues. Isn't that right? You know, and I, I almost – St. Clair almost reminds me more of like a Dante Culpepper, Cam Newton, you know, kind of body. Um, you know, it, it could be more like that than Big Ben. And that that would give you like what you're saying, that more athletic profile. Because you're right, Big Ben at the end of the year did not remind anybody of an athlete. Like he was left tackle standing back there. Yeah, and he threw he like the guy said he threw wobbly passes. Listen, he's a Hall of Famer. Um all that great stuff. I'm just saying in terms of looking at a quarterback and winning like the uh, beauty contest, Sinclair would win by by a, a large margin. He's just more fluid. 
if, if, if Sinclair, St. Clair, St. Clair, I'm going to have trouble with that. St. Clair has the career Ben Roethlisberger did. That's tremendous. I mean, come on now. But, and, and that's another thing. When you say Big Ben, I'm thinking that's a Hall of Famer. Here we I go know. again comparing a high school kid to a Hall of Famer. But, yeah, the, on second You didn't glance, start until yeah, senior high school. Yeah, like, like I said, like you, first glance, no, the way better athlete. St. Clair's are just so much a different person. Then you're like, you know, as they progress and get older, they might be standing there one day and, yeah. I'll say this. I don't think college Tavian St. Clair – will resemble professional Ben Roethlisberger, if that makes sense. Maybe later on down the line. Yeah. I think you got more of a, I don't want to get people too geeked, but like a JT Barrett, CJ Stroud hybrid. Does Fair. that make sense? Bill, what, Bill, what I, do you I think of that? I said the Cardell Jones, Braxton Miller hybrid. It's quicker though. Cardell yeah. and, and those guys well, had, you that's know, why I ben Roethlisberger. That's why I threw Braxton in there. Braxton yeah. kind of gives them, but like somewhere in the middle between Braxton and uh, Cardell, you know, so it's hard, but maybe Cardell size with JT Baird type stuff. You know, those are all like hybrids you kind of put together and, you know, you get St. Clair well, and, and you would take that. For sure. Bill? And St. Clair, um, you know, we don't know right, right now what he's going to look like a year. A year ago, the change from him, when I saw him at Ohio State's camp, between his freshman and sophomore season, he was kind of a skinny guy that uh, was maybe 6'2". Um, I, I'm not going to say rail thin, but he was pretty thin. Then when I saw him at Ohio State's camp um, between his sophomore and junior seasons, right when he's getting ready to commit to Ohio State, it was like, I'm not looking at the same guy. There was so much physical change in his body Somewhat taller, thicker, everything. Um, so how much more change will be there be in the next year, for instance? I don't know. I just know that there was a lot of change and all for the positive between his freshman uh, summer after his freshman season and after his sophomore season in the summer. I'll just say this. Tavian St. Clair will not struggle socially at Ohio State, Okay. Let's just let's get this clear. He he is the total package at quarterback. He's going to be on every poster. He's going to be the face of the program in, in no time. So let's get used to that. Um, I know people are still holding on to Marv. Look, I hope I've never been hopeful of being wrong than getting another chance to see Marv play. But as Tom Polly says here. Uh, Brian Hartline had a press conference yesterday. If you saw it, he said some things about Marv that sounds like he might make an appearance. Could he suit up and run a couple routes? Possibly. Um, I could see Cade Stover. I know Cade's going to be suited up. I don't think he's going to play a ton. Go out there and run a few routes to say you were there. Um, but I don't, I don't see I don't see Marv doing that. And to tell you the truth, um, he has nothing left to prove. And let's leave those snaps out there for a Mecca. Um, Provided he doesn't play well enough to change his mind about coming back. That's the only thing I'm slightly worried about. All right, Bill, I want you to talk about this. Um, Jared Curtis is the number one quarterback right now in the class of 2026. So Tavian Sinclair's understudy, as it were. There has been a crystal ball rolled for Ohio State. This is going to be one of the more heavily recruited individuals in the class, if not number one. Can you bring us up to speed on why 
Steve Wolfong rolled the crystal ball for Jared Curtis and your initial vibe on him, where he's from, uh, who's he reminds you of, Ohio State's interest, yada, yada. Well, he is from Nashville Christian High School in Tennessee, Jared Curtis, that is. He is a 6'3", 210-pound quarterback who um, is one of three 2026 quarterbacks Ohio State has offered a scholarship to, the others being Julian Juju Lewis from Georgia and Will Griffin from Florida. I would take any of those three in an absolute heartbeat. I've seen all three of them in person. They are all three – Outstanding. I mean, they're they're tremendous. Um, you know, I could see Curtis ending up at Ohio State. Um, absolutely. I'm not ready to crystal ball him to the Buckeyes at this point, uh, but I could see him ending up at Ohio State. I think Ohio State's done a really good job of recruiting all three of those guys. Um, you know, Juju Lewis at one time was committed to USC, and um, now Ohio State's back in on him. Uh, Juju Lewis was at Ohio State for one of the Buckeyes games this season. Uh, Curtis has been to Ohio State. Griffin camped at Ohio State, been to games. So the the interest there in the three is very mutual in all three situations. And um, if Ohio State can get one of those three, I don't care what, you can take your pick, which one. Uh, if they can get one of those three to follow Tavian St. Clair, then you've done a great recruiting job. Brass tax, uh, my comparison. If Tavian is a JT Stroud hybrid, he's going to be the West, one of the best quarterbacks in American history. Well, considering where is CJ right now in American history, he's certainly gotten a very good start to his history. Um, so I'm not even sure that's outlandish. And the show is called Buck Nuts, not Buck Rational Observer. We get a little hyperbolic here, okay? Sue us. Reports are Marvin has been at practice, but very limited. This is a Vegas line ploy. I doubt Vegas can get Marvin in on it. Um, So no, but um, does Vegas like to keep the variables out there? Keep in mind also, Vegas knows everybody wants to bet on Ohio State. So they always bring the line a little bit closer to tempt you, just like they do with the Cowboys and the Steelers, the Packers, Alabama, etc., they're called national teams. They know you want to bet on them to win, so they make that uh, spread a little closer than you might think to tempt you in there. Um, BW Chad W says, just one more snap to honor Marvin, to honor his greatness at Ohio State. He's going to put up monsters numbers in the pros. If he stays healthy, he might end up being the GOAT. I'll tell you what, you are a good college prospect if you are leaving for the pros, and when someone says you may be the GOAT, and everyone doesn't go, no way. You're even in consideration for that at this time. Um, you're something special. Okay. I think we've done our, here's, you know, as always, as I say that, it's like lighting up a cigarette before when the food's late. That's old. Don't do that. Anyone. I don't think you're allowed to smoke in public anymore. But anyway, Mika Hannah asks, do we land Dominic Kirks? Bill, could you please give us a little Dominic Kirks update? where he's from, where he's committed, will he be a Buckeye, yada. Well, I think before we uh, define or say whether Kirks is going to end up with I say, we need to look at what happens with the current two defensive ends on the roster. Does JT Tui Molau come back? Does Jack Sawyer come back? I think Sawyer, you know, I, Sawyer looks to be coming back, I think. Uh, JT, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think that one's uh, – uh, could go either way right now. And I, you know, I, I brought up long ago, don't count 
uh, JT walking off into the sunset just yet. He may come back. So I think that factors in, you know, who comes back on the roster. Um, Kirks is a guy that Ohio State is interested in. There's no question. He went to, I believe, the Ohio State-Maryland game with his parents while he was committed to Washington. At this point now, he is going to um, uh, take it a little bit slow, so to speak, and kind of evaluate what's going on. It gives Ohio State some time to continue evaluating him. Um, you know, I, I guess if I absolutely had to make a prediction right now, I'd probably go with him not in the class, but very possibly he could be in the class you know, we'll see what happens. He's obviously at this point, he has a sign and he's not going to be signing till early February. So we got uh, all of January and a, 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 about a week more time. We've got about five weeks altogether. We'll see what happens. Mark Dom Kirks, Washington, pretty good commitment. Uh, they're playing uh, in the final four. Ohio State is not. Can you give us an evaluation of Kirks size, speed, projection, et cetera? Yeah, he, he's a profiles he plays defensive end in high school but he has the size to play defensive tackle he's not like your high tower or rudolph a twitchy edge rusher i know i wouldn't put him in that he has outside linebacker skills he is an athletic defensive tackle if i was the if i was putting him in my defense he'd probably be a three technique uh, or maybe a five technique defensive end you know maybe the run stopping side uh but he's been a guy that we've been talking about since he was at villa st joe's and uh now he's at riverside uh Definitely, you know, a guy, but I don't think he fits in this class just because, you know, he, he hasn't been offered yet. I, I think they would have probably put their arms around him a little sooner. I, I don't know. I'm just reading the tea leaves on that one, but he, he has the ability. And that's why we keep, you know, his name and, you know, warm. Uh, it'd be a great story if he's the last guy in the class. Let me add one more thing real quick on him. If Ohio State puts on the full court press, goes all in, uh, got to have this guy in the class, then I think he will be in the class. I, I don't think uh, he's going to say no to that if, if that's what happens. I agree, Bill. Uh, yeah, I'm, if I'm Washington, show. I'm perturbed that you're going to slow play us because you think Ohio State might take you. That's the way I, I kind of read it. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like we're a really good team out here, and you're not going to commit to us. You're going to make us wait that you may possibly get offered of guys that go to the NFL. Uh, that, that can't make Washington love him. Long way away, dude. I, I keep, I return to this constantly and it, it, yes, some dudes are national prospects, but recruiting is largely regional. People want to go see their kids play. The kids yeah. want to, if you grow up in Columbus and you get offered by Ohio state, the idea of traveling out to Washington, man, that's a, Look, you know, you know worst the, things could happen to him, but I'm just saying. You know, here's here's how soft of a landing that is. You know what these schools are doing now? Hey, so your parents can be at every home game. Here's your NIL package for their hotel, their flights. Flight. Yeah, they're gonna stay here. They're oh, gonna yeah. have a rental car. It's all taken care of. So your parents get to go on vacation six times a year or seven times a year on us. And, and so that's how they soften that blow. And you, and you may see more. West Coast recruiting with the Big Ten going west, you may see more. I mean, That's a good I, Iowa State does that to get Ohio kids. I mean, Nebraska is going to have to start doing that. And all of a sudden, that's going to cushion that blow because it's like, yeah, my kid got a scholarship out there, but it's going to cost me 18000 a year to go see him play. So you know, I wonder if that's not become standard in recruiting now. Like, th that's why there's I no point even going to recruit somebody if you're not going to have their parents at the game. 
and, and you're not going to bring them out on the visit and show them how nice the hotel is and the amenities and Hey, every time you come out here, this is what it's going to be. Five star, you know, nice. Seattle's got it too. I mean, yeah. So city. that game's really being point. played. And, and in some cities, that's pretty attractive. You know, there's some cities oh, yeah. that I'd like to go see six, seven times a year and just chill for the weekend. Yeah. You know? Well, not to mention uh, what road games do they play? I mean, you if go. you're in the pack, 12, whatever they call that goofy conference, even yeah. the big 10 out there. Now you're going to get to see some exotic spots. Go ahead. Yeah, Bill, many, guess what you say. many years ago, uh, I was talking to somebody well-versed in the recruiting world. And uh, uh, we talked about how there's no, almost no point before the NIL in recruiting kids that are across the country whose parents and family cannot don't, are not financially able to go to the games. Because if those parents and that family can't get to the games, the chances of that kid ending up cross country at your school are pretty low. You got to make sure that the parents have a way to be able to get to the games. And now, as Mark mentioned, with the NIL, there's a way. And I'm not sure how specific this is, but also these guys, a lot of them at Ohio State don't play as freshmen. And my guess is if you're good enough to play at Ohio State, you've never been on the bench before in your entire life. Now you're away from home for the first time. You're not playing. Sure, you had a G, you got a G-Wagon or something, and you're in a, you're probably the, the apple of every uh, sorority sister's eye. But these guys are used to playing. And you're far away from home across the country, and you're not playing. And it, it can be tough. So recruiting can be more regional. All right, Bill. Mark has made his pick. We need your pick to finish off Ohio State versus Missouri in the cotton board. Yes, I like Ohio State's chances as Mark, and I'm, I believe as you do too, Dan. Um, yeah, I think Ohio State's going to put up a few points. They may have a new quarterback, Devin Brown, but I still think, and they may not, and they won't They won't have Marvin Harrison out there, but I still think they're going to put up some points. Um, but I think Missouri's pretty good. They're pretty balanced. They can uh, put some points up too, and they are good enough to stop Ohio State some, but not all the time. I think Ohio, I'm going to go with Ohio State 35, uh, Missouri 24. I like it. I could see that. Here's what I think is going to be fun. You're going to see a lot of fresh legs. That's one thing people forgot that I tend to forget about uh, people, me, with the Georgia game last year. You know, we were coming off the loss to Michigan. Everyone's depressed. And then you saw Ohio State hit the field, and it was like, whoa, you forgot that we had all these studs, and they'd had some time off to ease their minds and their bodies, and as did Ryan Day. And he was able to go into the film room and come up with some really creative stuff on offense. So I have faith that uh, Ryan Day and Ohio State will come through. Would love to see a great uh, performance from Devin Brown because I like page views, and if he plays great, God knows what our site will be like. Unfortunately, if he plays poorly, our site will probably be more traffic, but it is buck nuts. All right. Appreciate you guys stopping by. Great show. Um, Keep it locked in, and don't forget, after the Cotton Bowl, what we learned live with the great Dave Biddle will be coming right at you. He'll have... Pat Murphy and Steve Hellwagon on the show live post game from Dallas. So hope everybody enjoys it. Have a good one, Bucknutters.
ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG.